Well, football season is upon us. There were the college games that got going uh, yesterday, and some of us are a little less happy about the results than than others. My Indiana Hoosiers, for example, didn't show very well, but uh, it's only game one. Uh, And as I understand it, Thursday will launch the beginning of the NFL season, and I was uh, in my studies this week, and I was reminded of a football game uh, in 2018, happened to be the national championship game, and it was, of course, Alabama, they're always in the national championship game, and Georgia, head to toe, facing off for the national championship, and the first half was a bit of a stunner. Uh, The announcers didn't quite know how to process as the Georgia Bulldogs were just manhandling Alabama. It was was just a wipeout, 13 to nothing at halftime. They couldn't do anything. And heading into halftime or coming out somewhere in there, coach of Alabama said to his first and second string quarterbacks, I'm making a change in the second half. Whoa. So they come out the second half and lo and behold, Onto the field when they take the offensive side of the ball is some 18, 19 year old true freshman quarterback, second string, marching out onto the field of the national championship game. And like me, even today, had a very difficult time pronouncing his name. Tua. Tagliavoa, something like that, but I'm pretty sure about the Tua part. And, and everybody watched as this kid in the first incredible, most intense game of his career and certainly of the entire college football season steps on to the field and proceeds to throw two touchdowns, leads his team to a tie, And they go into overtime, he gets sacked on the first play, and the very next play, if I remember correctly, throws a 41-yard dart to his receiver and wins the national championship football game. And everybody, of course, this was the talk, whoa, who is this guy? Where did he come from? And, And of course, we had to do all kinds of specials on him after that. And as it turns out, uh, this coming weekend, Tua will be starting for an NFL football team. The guy that he replaced, Jalen Hurts, will also be starting for an NFL football game. And so will the third quarterback that was there that day for Alabama, Mac Jones, who didn't play, will also be starting for an NFL football team. You're like, what's the deal? They're getting all the quarterbacks. But at that moment in time, he was unknown, heard of. Just came out of nowhere. Uh, He got the tap on the shoulder, and there he was, prepared, ready, and entering into what has become college lore, right? Fascinating. And I thought about that. Because I, I, I think odd things sometimes. And I think, you know, in heaven, you know, the, you know Abraham, I, I imagine in my mind's eye, there's 
There's a crowd of people always wanting to meet him. <laughs> hey, Abraham, tell me about this or that. And, you know, King David, ah, he's probably signing autographs all the time. You know, oh, oh King David. And, wow, I think everybody wants to fist pump. This bump, uh, old Joshua, right? Warrior dude. Boy, hey, man, let's go, you know. And then there's all the rest of us. We're not headliners. A uh, hundred years from now on old planet Earth, there's really probably not going to be many people who know us. There may be a, a family lineage thing done sometime, and our name might appear on it. Uh, we're, we're not in history books, at least at this point in time. Uh, we, 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 you know, may not see ourselves as this incredible force for the kingdom of God. We're the ones that are, have been over the centuries and now millennial, just faithfully carrying the message of Jesus to the next generation. The ones out of the headlines, the ones who are remembered, where being remembered really matters, and that is in the presence of God. So we consider one of us today, one of, one of those guys, gals, uh, that we all can identify with. His name is Ananias. Ananias bursts into the pages of Scripture in Acts chapter 9, and our biblical scholars here will recognize that particular chapter as a pivotal watershed moment for the movement of this new Jesus followers called the Way. For it is in Acts chapter 9 where Saul of Tarsus is interrupted in his absolute maniacal pursuit of the destruction of Christians by Jesus himself and is redirected into the Apostle Paul who would carry the message of Jesus to the entire Western Mediterranean of which we are than a direct descent. Who was there to meet Saul of Tarsus in that moment? Who was there to let him know about this Jesus who stopped him in his tracks? Who was there to take his profession of faith in Jesus and baptize him? Who was that? Ananias. We pick up the story in verse 10. At this point in time, Saul of Tarsus is blinded. He is in the home of a certain individual, and the Lord is preparing a visitor for him. Now, there was a believer. That great, just a nameless believer, just a disciple, just somebody who's who Paul would describe in his later testimony who was godly and devout. 
person who was in this pursuit of Jesus. He was a disciple. He was in Damascus. And so we see that he became and was God's child for God's time to do God's task. His name was Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. And when you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He's praying to me right now. I have shown him in a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. The Lord exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers, to the other disciples, to people just like me in Jerusalem. Now he's authorized by the leading priests to arrest everyone who calls on your name. The Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings as well as to the people of Israel, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him, and he said, brother Saul. Brother, Saul, same guy who'd been trying to kill Christians. The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he regained his sight And then he got up and he was baptized and afterward he ate some food and regained his strength. The scripture tells us that God is looking to and fro around the earth and he's looking for somebody. He's, he's, he, he's looking all around and he's, he's looking throughout the whole earth and his eyes are looking for somebody very specifically. And, and what he tells us is that it's not the big name. It's not the headliners. It's not the, the mountain movers. It's not the one everybody knows. He's looking for somebody very specifically. Somebody whose hearts are completely That's who he's looking for. The the Lord isn't impressed by big resumes and big bank accounts and the number of magazine covers one might find themselves on. Not impressed. Doesn't care. He cares about what he's looking for are those whose hearts are completely his. And as he finds those whose hearts are completely his, we find that there is a movement on his part to strengthen them. And here we find just such an individual. His name's Ananias. Lived in the first century. Lived in a city 
in Syria called Damascus. If you and I were to go to Damascus today, we could go to the old city and we could take a walk down Straight Street. Did you know that? Real people, real places. Don't let anybody ever tell you the Bible is a fairy tale. And so he, he does what he's told and we find in this this movement of God uh, seeing somebody whose heart is his, he comes and he visits and we see something about those who enter into hard obedience and into the blessing of it is that they are prepared, they are open to the Lord's call. Their ears are set in such a way that when the Lord speaks through his word, through the Holy Spirit, through another Uh, uh, another child of God and there is a conviction of the heart they recognize the voice of Jesus and we can contrast the two responses here when Saul of Tarsus was interrupted by Jesus and spoken to his immediate response was who are you Lord He didn't know that voice yet. When the Lord came to Ananias, he said, Ananias, yes, Lord. He knew that voice. He recognized it. His ears were set. I I, I like to listen to K-Love radio station. And in our area, it's 101.7. Now, if you head in towards Indianapolis, it's 101.9. And if you forget to change it, it goes like, oh, I love that song. What happened? Oh, I got it. Oh, there we go. And then I'm back to it. You know, know, that guy's a crazy man. But anyway, you don't make the change. You don't adjust the dial, and you're not going to hear it. I say something to you and to me today. Some of us have our dials off station. Something, something inside, something around, something uh, we're doing, something we haven't done, something we're, 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 we're just a little bit off. And that the voice of the Lord comes in a little bit garbled. What? What? Can't quite hear. And this this need to uh, adjust the dial, if you will, is a reality in all of our lives. Lord, I can't, I can't, I can't hear you. I, I'm reading, and I and there's no, I'm not resonating. There's there's something. There's just this static in the system. What is it? Is there some sin in our lives that needs to be addressed? Am I harboring some bitterness against somebody who's hurt me? Am I believing lies about God? What is it? I don't know. What is it in your life? Maybe it's because there's like 10 other stereos on and they're so loud. I can't hear the one. What is it? The time to adjust the dial is now and Ananias was positioned in such a way, this man outside of the big 
biblical record all of a sudden brought in was in a place where he recognized the voice of Jesus. And in verse 13 through 14, we, we understand what it was that made this a very hard obedience for him. There was this reality that this Saul of Tarsus was killing Christians. He was dragging them out of their homes. Men and women imprisoning them. He presided over the murder of a godly man named Stephen. And he's thinking, Saul of Tarsus? Jesus, we need to talk. Let me tell you about him. Right? And in my little mind's eye, I'm seeing Jesus going, really? Oh, thank you, Ananias. I had no idea about this. This is amazing. You let me in on this big secret that you knew that I didn't know. Sometimes we talk to God as if he doesn't really know what's going on and that we have to inform him of the reality of the situations. And then Jesus didn't, didn't do that, but he did tell him, uh, um, Ananias, there isn't any information, right, that you have that I don't already know. But let me tell you this in so many words. There is an infinite about a, amount of information that I have that you don't. So I need you to simply listen and obey. This guy, uh, uh, there's, a new, there's a new guy about to be born. You see who he is. I see who he will be. Oh, Ananias says. Aren't you glad that Jesus sees you for who you could be and not for who you were before you met him? On whatever your road, whatever Damascus road that was in your world, and that there was somebody like an Ananias whose ears were turned in, tuned in to the word of Jesus who came next to you and told you about his love. Not something. Heart obedience is going to reveal things to be a little different than that we think they are. He had an idea of what, 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 what the deal was and how this visit was going to go. But his idea of how it was going to be was 100% off. Completely off. And sometimes in life when the Lord comes to us with a hard word, a, a tough challenge. Hey, take this step of faith. Hey, need you to turn this way or that way. We're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Jesus, let me tell you something about that. And he says, no, let me tell you something about that. Heart obedience invites us into something that Jesus is doing or about to do that is going to push our understanding of things or the way that we perceive things or the way that we believe things to be. And we will find ourselves experiencing things like Ananias did as we step in to the obedience that he calls us into. And it's time that each of us come to this very humble moment where we abandon our arrogance 
This idea that I know everything, this idea that I got it figured out, this idea that I'll explain all the mysteries of God and the universe to you because I'm so smart. We are all guilty and in this place of thinking we know more than we really do. If we took all the information available to humanity and we made a big circle all, everything from every kind of field of study, so forth and so on. He said, well, how much of just that do you know? I'd be like, oh, there's no pin small enough to put a dot on that for me. And that's just the stuff other people know. Well, let's move into the spiritual realm. Let's move into the person of God, where now we're having a conversation about one who is infinite. How much do you really know? And our little dot gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Perhaps it's time for us to embrace our desperate need for the wisdom and the revelation of God to abandon our own sense of I got it all figured out and embrace the reality that he knows just a little bit more than I do. Until we are willing to come to this place, this experience that Ananias is right in the middle of as he is watching this launching pad, seeing God work in this man's life in such a way that he will be the tool, the instrument, Jesus told him to take my message to the Gentiles. He will be the one who reveals the great mystery that was kept secret until now, he writes in Ephesians, that both, Jew and Gentile come under the authority of Jesus. And Ananias is right there, front row seats. He was listening. And he embraced the reality that he didn't have it all figured out. Have we? We come to uh, verse 17, and we see. Uh, Ananias, after the Lord uh, helping him understand this reality that he had no idea about, he went and he found Saul. He laid hands on him. The, the scales fell off. He regained his sight. He got up and presumably Ananias baptized him and, and, and then off it goes. The, the rocket just got launched and he was there. And then we don't hear about Ananias anymore. The only references we get of him will be Paul in giving his testimony in a couple of different situations later on in Acts where he will mention the man who came to him, Ananias, a devout and godly man, a disciple, a disciple of Jesus. One of, one of the Many, million, billion, I don't know, who were in the shadows and now stepped into this scriptural spotlight and back into the shadows from a world's perspective. But he, like all, all who call in the name of Christ, their names are written in the book of life. And Jesus would say, hey, 
Don't, don't get all excited talking to the disciples about all these things you're doing, casting out demons and such. He says, be excited that your name is written in the book of life. That you are remembered in heaven. That yours is a name that is front and center in the mind and the heart of God, whether it sits on any magazine or a history book in this old world. The matter in the kingdom, the matter in the eyes of God, the heart of our Creator beats for you. Mm-mm-mm. He yielded his will, came to a place where he yielded his will to the Lord. His minor objection evaporated and his life lived in that place where he subjected his will to the will of God and he went and he obeyed. You see, in our life and our experience with God and other people around us, it's way more often than not, it's not an information problem. Sometimes we think, you know what, if so-and-so just had a little bit more information, if somebody would just tell them blah, 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 blah for the 158th time, then boom, hey, if they just got to this place or if they just got to this, and, and we come up with all kinds of things to, to try to think about how it is we can get ourselves where it's supposed to be and we're seeing other people where they're supposed to be and, and, and we get distracted because fundamentally it's a will issue. Not an information, not, a, not an experience. It's a question of the will. Will I or will I not? As Ananias, I believe, did wake up every day with gratitude in his heart, saying, Lord, I surrender to you. Writer of Hebrews described it this way, offer your body up as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to me, for this is your spiritual worship. To lay myself up and to say it's not about me, you know, Jesus said, I'm sending you to go make disciples. And he gave us the very, he gave us this instruction. Because any of you want to be my disciple? Where did it begin? You must deny yourself. That it begins, this discipleship of Jesus following him begins with the subjection of my will to the will of God. Until there is an understanding that he is Lord, that he is God, and I am neither, this experience, this, this, this entering into hard obedience and all the blessings and, and all that comes with that will remain a conversation point, not an experiential point. So my challenge that I was receiving, I extend to you in the form of this question. Ananias was God's man for God's time 
to do God's task. Are you God's child for God's time for God's task today? Is that you? Is that me? And if we would say, ah, why? Is it something to do with the station not being adjusted, our hearing not dialed in to his voice? Is it something to do with my thinking that I've got it all figured out and I don't, I don't really seek any wisdom or guidance because I am the source of all of that? Perhaps is it because I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it? Hmm. Or if you're like me in an honest moment, ugh, I can see all three of those things in my life. I praise God for his mercy grace and his forgiveness that he hears my cry and says um, uh, come come you who are weary and burdened and you'll find rest let's go he says come follow me 